0: you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean?
1: Big ball of wibbly wobbly timey wimey.
2: Welcome to the MetaHex Podcast. I'm Peter. I'm Frank. And I'm
1: still Cory.
0: And we are doing covers. Although I'm a
1: year older Corey now. That's right. You are. Yeah. He's
0: more mature.
1: I allegedly. don't know if I'll go that far. Yeah, allegedly, yeah.
2: He's like a fine fruit wine. He got a little bit moldier.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. You ever leave bread in your cabinet for too long?
0: No. Yes.
2: Uh, <laughs> I pick the mold off and eat it.
1: She does. It's gross. There was one night I was making sandwiches. If it's rye bread, you could pick the mold off and hallucinate. There was one night I was making sandwiches after I'd just gotten home from work and there was a little bit of mold on the hamburger roll. I didn't even bother to pick it off. I just ate it. Penicillin. Dusty. I'm still alive.
2: I'm allergic to penicillin. Mold scares the shit out of me.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it would. Okay, fill that in on your your MetaHex bingo card, Peter Mold. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We need to do that. Yeah, yeah, that would be funny. We could
2: do, like, put a bingo card on Discord. (laughs) Hmm.
1: Every time uh, Dark Dark (laughs) is mentioned. Anytime Frank squeezes the screaming goat. Take a shot. (laughs) (laughs) She was the villain the whole time. Take a shot. Ah!
0: The battery must have died. He's not oh, screaming. Oh, oh,
2: oh, oh, Frank is so sad right now. So, we a couple weeks back, we did a covers episode. Oh. Sh- <laughs> Take a shot. <laughs> That's four shots. Four shots, yeah.
1: That's five. Now right. everybody's We're gonna drunk. Yeah. We're, We're gonna get in. Yeah, we want our <laughs> listeners to survive. We're going to get MK. Alcohol poisoning at this yeah. point. <clears throat> we need them to listen again. <laughs> so
2: a couple weeks back, we did a covers episode where we did uh, music album covers and movie poster covers. And we had done so much content that we also did comic book covers, but... There wasn't enough room in the episode for it to go on. So this is that episode. Um, So we're going to do a little bit of timey-wimey. We're going to go back and have you listen to that, and then
1: we'll be back. Ooh! Have fun. (laughs) Don't die from alcohol poisoning. Yeah, I don't know how many screaming (laughs) goats there are.
0: (laughs) We'll go down the other rabbit hole. Comic covers. Classic cover. Planet Hulk. Done. <laughs> Avengers 4 like, Captain America Lives Again. A, a very iconic Jack Kirby cover. Frank got so frustrated. <laughs> oh, whatever. You're entitled to hey, an opinion. it has got
1: the Submariner. Yep. <laughs> He's in a new movie that's out right now in theaters. Yep. Except he's not white in the movie. And he's not from Atlantis.
0: (laughs) A different kingdom. that They didn't rule out Atlantis as a kingdom, but it's a different one. More of a Mayan-Aztec kingdom. Uh. Which is why he's got all that jewelry and whatever.
1: So the original one shows up and he's like, My name is Namor, too!
0: I, I think they did this to avoid any real hassles with Aquaman at the moment. You know that they're both from Atlantis and blah blah blah, yeah. and but uh, yeah, that was a news story. Uh, they're they're really hinting that Lobo is going to be in the DCU, and Jason Momoa really wants to play him.
1: It, to be honest, he'd make a better Lobo <clears throat> than he does in Aquaman. Yeah, just because I mean, they went Polynesian for Aquaman. Yeah, I can see that. Cause I mean that's what Jason yeah. is. I mean some sort of Pacific Islander.
0: So my next one that I brought up here is a what, Avengers thirty eight, I guess. Um the reason I picked this cover, this is a classic Marvel cover with the floating heads around the main picture. Uh-huh. Um they did that in their their trade dressing box in the upper left, but this is a pretty standard Marvel when they do something like that. Hercules is featured and then the Avengers, who theoretically are in the comic, are giant heads around the character.
1: Who's Um, the guy with the V on his head?
0: That's Giant Man.
1: Oh. Giant Ant-Man.
0: Yes. Um, This is a pretty pretty common Marvel thing, but DC did this quite a lot. Um, This is the Fantastic Four, covered the same way. Um, Basically, the Fantastic Four and allies are on one side, and the Inhumans are on the other surrounding the main picture. Um,
1: Featuring a flaming, flying, fighting, mad human torch!
0: Stan had a way with words. (laughs) But uh, this was done to the best effect, I think, with the Justice Leagues. Uh, Every summer, there was usually a Justice League, Justice Society crossover, two or three issues... Um, you know, and you know who was in it because the Justice League was on one side, Justice Society on another, and this is the All Star Squadron. Oops, I did that wrong. Justice Society there, an All Star Squadron down there. Um, every summer you'd get a two or three issue crossover with Earth Two, and this was Three Worlds they've got there. That's another from the same. But you know, again, JSA. Who was that guy? Captain uh, D. Père Degaton, He was a Justice Society uh, World War II villain. And this next one I believe is from the same crossover. This has all the tropes. The floating heads, the two sides going after going on attack at each other. You know, one side has uh, the villains, the other side has the heroes. But yeah, that was basically every summer, a two or three issue crossover. And again, here's the Defenders, which had you know the heroes and villains getting ready to fight it out.
1: Hey, there's Namor again. Uh-huh. With his flat top.
0: X-Men, new X-Men versus old X-Men, getting in charge of each other from the different sides of the cover. <clears throat> Cause I guess it works as a very dynamic way of doing the cover.
1: I think it's one of those dance lines, like Professor X was going to dance down in between. Oh,
0: yeah, that works, too, yeah. Uh, Another classic, the old team with the new team crashing through them, giant size X-Men. Number one. Yep. The new X-Men crashing out of the picture of the old. Fantastic Four did that, too. This is a 2018 variant cover. The Kevin Maguire crane shot. This got real popular when Justice League was rebooted as more of a comedy-type thing. Uh, Kevin Maguire and I think Terry Austin did this. Oh, inked it. You know, you've got the team there in a group, and they're all looking up at the camera, basically. Nice little crane shot. That was copied. I think
1: we did that for a class photo for high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Copied quite a bit, because this was effective. And, of course, this is the Justice League, where I think it was issue four, Batman took Guy Gardner out with one punch. Uh, Young Justice, same type thing. All looking up at the camera in a group shot. And the trope of walking away from your uniform.
1: Now, we know where this actually started.
0: Yes, that's in there. Um, this is uh, right when the Judas contract in New Teen Titans was going on. Uh, Wally West was dying when he was using his powers, and uh, Dick Grayson was giving up being Robin. So, <clears throat> you know, the, the costumes are in the foreground. They're walking away from him. <clears throat> Classic cover.
2: I think somebody else did that first, though.
0: Yeah. Here's Justice League <laughs> Justice League International, Blue Beetle and Ice. Same thing, The the oh, and the, the
1: costumes are actually in, in the trash, trash can, can, and they're
0: walking away, yeah. <coughs> now, this is the actual cover of that issue. There's right. a giant Spider-Man with Peter Parker walking away from him.
1: Although, he's walking towards what would be the camera, towards the perspective, mm-hmm. turning his back on, on Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But the panel, Spider-Man. the panel The panel inside is right
0: there, Corey. It's Spider-Man costume in the trash can. You know that Justice League homage to this was practically the same, mm-hmm. uh, and Peter walking away from the costume. <clears throat> DC even did it with Superman. There's Clark Kent walking away from Superman. This was an oldie, twelve cent comic, I believe. So, yeah, you know, it's a it's a pretty good trope for a comic cover. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, get you. Ooh, what's going on? Um, this is oh. X Men. The Death One, of
2: Dark Phoenix. 136,
0: yep. Uh, Cyclops has her in his arms, and the heroes are in the background, and he's wailing away.
1: Um, like, he's gonna drop her if he doesn't...
0: Yeah, if he doesn't get that grip better. But, yeah. you know, classic cover. Uh, we have that in DC Crisis 7, Superman holding Supergirl's dead body with the heroes in the back. Very much the comic cover that's been homage <coughs> quite a bit.
2: They make a cute couple's costume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Here's the Flash of Two Worlds that reintroduced the Golden Age to the Silver Age of DC Comics. We have a Flash on either side of a, of a building rushing to rescue a guy. Which uh, uh,
1: they did in the show then, too.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, very, very much an iconic cover. Um, there's actually one, I believe, I don't know if it's a cover or just the advertisement, but a static shock with two static shocks huh. that's coming up from DC in the future. So, Is it
1: yeah. Static Shock and Black Vulcan?
0: I'm not sure. I think it's just the old costume and new costume Static oh. Shocks. <clears throat> this next one wasn't really a cover, but a fan one. It's Quicksilver and the Wizard. Wizard was Golden Age Speedster, and yeah. then we have Quicksilver. But, Didn't
2: a Wizard end up becoming a villain, though?
0: <laughs> I'm not sure if it was the same <clears throat> name or not. Um, this was when... He showed up in a couple of Avengers issues around the 140s, 150s, around the time of the Celestial Madonna saga. And then came back into prominence towards like the 180s because uh, Quicksilver and Wanda always thought the Wizard and Miss America were their parents. And then there was three issues later on that kind of told you, no, Magneto was their their dad. I have one of those covers on here coming up because it's one of the covers I liked.
1: Wizard made a comeback (coughs) in uh, one of the MCU series on Disney Plus. She-Hulk.
0: Hmm. Did I miss that? Was it just a mention or... No,
1: he's he's there. He's the guy that says his powers only work when he's frightened. Oh. That was She-Hulk, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, but I don't... That would have been The Wizard, because he's more of the speedster. He got
1: killed. Which one? Maybe that wasn't She-Hulk. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch. Yeah.
0: But this is another <laughs> classic, iconic cover. We have the heroes in the front and Days the scoreboard. Past. Scoreboard in the back. Um, X-Men 141, I think it was. I don't know if I have the number on there showing.
2: Yeah, 141.
0: 141. Um, the Alternate Future, Kitty Pride's grown-up, and... The Sentinels have crossed off on the wanted poster, slain, apprehended, of all the X-Men. We have a Star Trek one, very similar to that.
1: Very similar? Blatant ripoff, you mean.
0: Homage. <laughs> one of the Next Generation miniseries is.
1: Um, Look, Picard's even got Wolverine's whoops. jacket on.
0: <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> That is good. And he's protecting Wesley. Aw. Justice League had the same thing. I think this was kind of before all those other ones, but there's a scoreboard in the back, and the Injustice Society is crossing off the heroes. The iconic Superman cover, him ripping open the shirt with the S-Shield underneath it. Man of Steel miniseries. I believe that's John Byrne cover.
1: Is that the guy from the Talking Heads?
0: Yes, Of course. (laughs) Same name, different person. Then the iconic Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Speedy's a Junkie cover. Yay! My ward is a junkie? Now, I'm kind of... I guess I'm misremembering. I thought this did not have the comic code approval on it. But apparently it does, according to this picture here. So, maybe it was the Spider-Man drug issues that didn't have the code... I think, there's I, a, I think there was a three issue with Harry Osborn, but <clears throat> a classic Neil Adams cover. And we have, just for the fun of it, an iconic Wolverine-Hulk cover from Incredible Hulk. Um, I
1: think this is a reprint-type deal. This is a new run. This isn't the, the original introduction of Wolverine.
0: No, no, this isn't. This is a later one. This is a Peter yeah. David issue. But um, Wolverine has his claws out, and the Hulk, Grey Hulk, I believe, is mm-hmm. uh, really pissed off in the reflection on the claws. But Wolverine doesn't look too happy either, so it's a rematch. Another classic Wolverine from the miniseries. Come here, bub.
2: I think that's one of the most iconic Wolverines.
0: hmm Then we have Behold the Vision from the Avengers, Avengers 57. Issue with the vision in it.
1: That's and, um, again, the artist, his name's slipping me right now. John
0: Ramita. Didn't he do that one? I don't
1: believe no, so. No, because the artist that did that cover is, is going be to be at, at Hershey. Hershey.
0: I know Roy Thomas wrote it. Yeah, Roy Thomas is going to be at Hershey. He was the... Oh. He's the he writer. Would,
1: he's the writer, not the artist.
0: John Buscema. <laughs> would have been the He was the penciler of the issue, and I believe that was his cover. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but the schema. Um, We have a homage cover to that with Mr. Groot.
1: Behold Groot. Yes, Hmm. that's what we said. That's silly.
0: Yeah, they, they redid the clouds in the same way.
1: With a
2: rocket. rocket spraying a fire extinguisher to put out Groot's leg that's on fire.
0: But there have been a couple other homages to that, but that's homages. I like to pronounce the H. <laughs> Sumi. Homages. Homages. And then we have the Superman-Spider-Man cover.
1: Yeah, that's one of those ones that... That could never possibly be a fair fight. I don't
0: remember much of the story, but um, I'm thinking... Um, I don't remember who the artist for Spider-Man was, but Dick Giordano, I think, did, uh, or Neil Adams did, the Superman on there. There's some interesting stories about the back and forths on these two Treasury editions of just the process of getting them done. Mm-hmm. You know, someone would do something, would go to the other publisher to get an okay or correct it, and back and forth, back and forth. I'm thinking, okay. Uh, Carmen Infantino, who was the DC editor-in-chief at the time, he did the layout for it. Ross Andrew was the penciler on it. And I think what happened was it was at the Marvel desks, and Neil Adams went and started redrawing things. Mm -hmm. I think that's Neil Adams who did the Superman part in this, redid it. But he redrew a lot of the Superman characters, in the com, in the in the actual Treasury comic. This one's just up there because this mill used to always make everyone snicker. Its giant-sized man thing
1: <laughs> brings out the
0: fourteen-year-old yeah. and everyone.
1: Well, because he's punching them in the dick in his man thing.
0: Here you go, Corey. Iconic yes, amazing cover, amazing
1: fantasy number fifteen,
0: featuring Spider-Man
1: uh, without a hyphen.
0: Ah, uh, there. There's no
2: he's, hyphen he's got on a cover.
0: He's at a There's loss a, for words. There is.
2: There's not. There it's is two separate a, words. It's not hyphenated. It was hyphenated in the book. It was not hyphenated right. on the cover.
0: Now, I'm assuming that was, was... that Jack Kirby who did this cover? Yes. Because he did the covers for a while. Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> and, of course, they pay tribute to that cover in... Everywhere. Uh, well, uh, amazing <laughs> Spider-Man number what was it 151.
0: It's been redone a lot. They did yeah. it with the black suit. Speaking of which, 252. Here's Secret
1: Wars. Right, the uh Mike Zeck black suit. And this is the the first appearance of the black suit, although Spider-Man 252 hit shelves before that came out.
0: Right, because Marvel's... The first
1: appearance, <clears throat> but it wasn't available first.
0: Yeah, Marvel's strategy on this was the last panel of the comics that these heroes were in, they disappeared. The next month, when the heroes came back, things had changed. Yes. Um, Spider-Man was in a black suit, um, Colossus and Kitty had broken up, She-Hulk was in the Fantastic Four and not the thing. Um, how did this happen? Well, we just started a twelve-issue miniseries that will cover that entire lost year, right. that 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 lost time period. There, it wasn't a full year, but.
1: But uh, there's the this is the cover I have of the Spider-Man 252, which is the homage to Amazing Fantasy 15, except instead of uh, catching a criminal, he's rescuing two teenagers.
0: Yep. But yeah, Secret Wars, the Let's Sell Toys, which was the entire reason for this miniseries. Um, you know, it was a year long miniseries but you had to wait to find out what happened to these characters and they did a pretty good job of not spilling any beans for a year until the series was done uh, classic justice society all the members around the t- meeting table that's been homaged quite a bit now can I
1: just say that is terrible artwork
0: well that was back in the,
1: oh, yeah, the 30s 10 cent comics yeah. so
0: <clears throat> you know, comics weren't, you know, a lucrative business back then. Right. They just, you know, were selling them for the kiddies. Yeah. And then we have Justice Society number one, which did an homage to that with them all around the table.
1: Except for Stargirl. She's on it. Yeah, she's on it. She
0: has to stand out.
1: They're probably waiting for her to strip.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, they've used that sitting around the table quite a bit. Another one of my favorite ones. Um they're all lined up. You know, Justice Society, Justice League of America, they're all lined up on the right as if they're on, you know, standing on bleachers. hmm You know, and that was cover A. There's cover B, the other heroes. So, you know, they did that. I think this was Jim Lee.
1: It looks like his. I'm article. not mistaken. It
0: says, Metzler, Benz, and Hope. Yeah, those are. That's the. The interior artist was Ed Bennis. Oh. Um, Thirteen issues later, they did it with the villains.
1: That looks like Lee too. Yeah. Tell by the lines on Luther's head.
0: And Avengers did it also. This is Alan Davis. Um, there's the picture without the trade dressing on it. That was when, I think, Busick and Perez did redid the Avengers, when they came back to that.
1: I love the line, Spider-Woman. Jessica's making fun of Carol's uh, costume in that, saying she's just flying around with her cheeks out.
0: That's my favorite costume for her, though. Uh, a little X-Men tribute from John Byrne. That's the Neil Adams cover from way back when, and then he redid that for the Dark Phoenix Saga.
1: What is the power? It's the
0: living pharaoh, if I recall. And these are some of the ones that not iconic or anything like that, but just the ones I like. That's Howard Chaykin's American Flag. It's a very classy cover, I thought. I keep looking at the TV for the arrow instead of on the monitor here. <laughs> doesn't
2: work like that.
0: Um, Avengers... <clears throat> Uh, 173. Uh, this was during the Korvac The Collector Saga. Um, it was either this one or the 172 were the first Avengers comics I bought. But that's a really good Perez cover, I've always liked that one. Uh, this was right at the end of the Korvac Saga. Uh, basically you have the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Or down here at the bottom and one or two at the top. Uh, The government decided if you want all these government uh, passes, basically, if you want us to ignore things, we're going to tell you who's on your team. Hmm. And I think the team ended up being uh, Cap, Iron Man, Yellow Jacket, Wasp, Vision, Scarlet Witch. And then you have a smug picture of Hawkeye ready for his name to be the seventh member. And he goes, and the Falcon. Hmm. Falcon was not even an Avenger at the time. But the government, since, you know, you want all these government privileges, you're getting uh, basically a a black hero. (laughs) So, very, you know, no supervillains in this one, just a very uh, slice of life type thing. And that's Henry Peter Gyrich, who I believe is the, mentioned in a couple of the X-Men movies. Yeah. So, different character, same name, government liaison. Uh, this is the John Byrne one where they're finding out uh, that...
1: Wanda was the villain the whole time.
0: Right, that Magneto was their dad. <laughs> but she's possessed by Chython in the Darkhold. <laughs> Imagine that. Witch on Wondergore Mountain. Mm-hmm. But that was always a pretty, pretty cool cover as far as I was concerned. And then we have just a rather amusing one where Jarvis takes center stage for an issue. Cleaning up the mansion. Another Perez cover. You can tell by the rubble.
1: Yeah, if I were him, I'd totally throw the beast out. But, like, look, there's blue fur <laughs> everywhere. everywhere.
0: <laughs> oh, they had the issue where he's going down one of the corridors with a couple of five gallon jugs of shampoo, so. Mm. Uh, Arthur Adams, classic X Men cover. Always liked that one. Very cool, very.
1: There's James Proudstar <laughs>
0: mm-hmm classic X-Men I believe was not a was a reprint type issue but filled in some story gaps things like that planetary John Cassaday um, love his artwork great series That's uh, another Perez the JLA Avengers cover for the reprint who else uses a poster I believe um, and either this one or the issue before, um, when the X-Men came back in the 70s. This was a striking cover. Uh, Phoenix and Beast think everyone else is dead because the plane blew up. Uh, they all ended up in the Savage Land, but they were, they came back to Xavier to tell him, everyone's dead. Have a nice day.
1: <laughs> they're all dead. Well, did you look? No, but, you know, I think they're dead.
0: I think that was a Dave Cockrum cover, or is that Byrne?
1: That might be Burn, The guy from The Talking Heads?
0: Yeah. Uh, Days of Future Past Part 2, Wolverine getting blasted to bits by a sentinel. Another cover I've always liked. The X-Men covers also tend to have, you know, this issue, everyone dies, or this person is dead. They, they kind of went for the
1: well, now they shock just factor.
0: It. Yeah. Now they just do it and they get uh, reincarnated and redone. Classic Ant-Man riding Hawkeye's arrow. He's ready to shoot. That's been done in the movies and uh, I think Green Lantern did it with the Atom too at one point. Mm-hmm. Walt Simonson's Thor run. This is the Frog of Thunder. Throg. Throg. If you have ever a chance to read uh, Walt Simonson's Thor stuff, He's one of those writer artists who understood the character. He had a great couple of years on Thor. Uh, John Byrne, isn't that the Talking Heads guy? Mm-hmm. Um, he had a pretty good run on Fantastic Four for the most part, got bogged down at the end. Um, Peter David's Hulk was very good understanding of the character. Um, but yeah, the Thor run was just great and introduced the Frog of Thunder.
1: Was he six foot six? What do you call a six foot six fighting mad frog?
0: The answer was inside. Oh. Um, was he six foot six, though? I, I believe so. He was so. frog
1: sized. He
2: was frog sized once they did Throg in the Spider Pig universe. Uh, but, but this. He was turned into a. He was Thor sized, but he, the whole frog thing was an illusion by Loki. Yeah.
0: Uh, this was the end of Superman before Crisis on Infinite Earths, flying away from the Daily Planet.
1: Goodbye, Superman. We'll miss you.
0: I'm not sure if that was actually Kurt Swan who did that cover. It looks like his Superman, but Kurt Swan was pretty much the definitive Superman artist for a long time.
1: Oh, well, there's his name.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. His Justice League painting, um... There's so many covers by him that could have been on here, but he just is amazing what he's done. Yeah, Uh,
1: his whole Marvel's collection, like everything, mm -hmm. just beautifully done.
0: Another Justice League. Uh, These were the Justice Society portraits that were actually used as covers for the issues of his stuff. Yep, very nicely done.
1: Um, Like the Mr. Terrific one
0: here's some more Justice Society Mr. Terrific is actually one of the rumored James Gunn projects Yeah. um, along with Lobo here's his Marvel, a Marvel poster for I believe was it the art of Alex Ross or was it just a Marvel poster book in general
1: but you know
0: amazing stuff and there they are as headshots basically
1: No, he was the artist on a series called Marvels. Marvels,
0: yeah, with Kirk Busiek. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So all of it, not just the covers, but mm-hmm. every panel was right. Alex Ross, and it was just. It was the gorgeous. dawn. The dawn
0: of the Marvel universe is seen through Ben Urich. Yeah. The photographer, writer, yeah. the writer, I guess. For the deal, Daily Plan. Bugle.
1: Or er, Bugle. Bugle. Yeah. Um,
0: Frank Quitely, Superman. All-Star Superman. All-Star, yeah. Here he is sitting on a cloud. Uh, Frank Quitely also did a run of The Authority, the second run with Mark Millar, for the second year. Atari Force. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Lasted a year and a half or so. Um, But this was notable because they put four mini-comics in the Atari games back then. Hmm. Uh, Batman, Hulk.
1: Again, that's that's like Superman fighting Spider-Man. There's mm-hmm. a clear strength <laughs> difference.
0: That's what makes Batman a hero.
1: Well, that's what makes Batman a bloody stain on the <laughs> pavement.
0: But this was Garcia Lopez art again, I believe. Not sure if he did both figures or not, but a lot of times I found the covers that I recall, the DC artist did the DC character in a Marvel artist did the Marvel character. Um, This was a Garcia Lopez Justice League. Um, One of the reasons I put this up here is, in the 80s, he did the style sheets for DC. Like this is a Batman one. You know, for other artists, they know like, this is the costume, these Mm -hmm. are the colors. Uh, If you want to look up DC style guide, it's amazing. Like, here are the characters, and here's the color palettes. But, you know, he had a clear art style for the characters, and they used him for that. Almost done. Jim Aparo, Batman and the Outsiders. Another good artist, especially known for his Batman work. I had to include this. I think it's Dale McEwen who did this art. Um, one of Peter David's Hulks, uh, The Secret of the Bachelor Party. Rick Jones
1: was getting married. We're going to peep something we've talked about peeping ever since we saw that movie, Bachelor Party.
0: But uh, would you it's like. a donkey to, show. Would you like to know the secret of the Bachelor Party? It's a donkey show. No, um, Rick's fiance was in the movie. <laughs> when she was young, she did porn. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and then just the cover of the marriage. Marlo, but I don't remember her last name. They have a tearful Hulk. Aw. Brian Boland, the Justice League Starro cover, with everyone with starfish on their face. Uh, he did a great run of Animal Man. Very striking art. Very solid stuff. Jim Lee's Batman on the gargoyle. I've always liked that and its mirror image of superman on the eagle and batman future state on the gargoyle too. I'm not sure if they made bookends of the batman and superman one. I think they did. Thank yeah. You. And I included this one in here. This was Legion of Superheroes 300. Um basically it was a jam cover. Every hero is done by a different artist. Oh. Huh. Uh I remember George Perez did Giant or did a colossal boy. But kind of the artist who was associated with that character, they tried to do. Other than that, it was just, you know, other artists who were associated with the Legion. So they all did, you know, each one did a did a character. Uh, you know, Keith Giffen did Prote and someone else. But, yeah, that was a unique concept. I think mean, the last one is Brian Hitch's run on The Authority. Uh, he did Ultimate Avengers. A lot of his uh, Ultimate Avengers shots were actually redone in the movie. Movies and stuff like that. There's a shot of Cap and Iron Man in the Helicarrier. That was a direct panel from one of his uh, Ultimates. Uh, kind of known as the father of widescreen. Because of the way his artwork was. But definitely a good artist. Oh! one more untold legends of the batman and for the life of me i think that's dick giordano who did that but i don't remember offhand he was an editor-in-chief or was, that's not neil adams no of dc for a while and batman was one of the ones he he was known for but well, that's it for my comic covers. A lot of tropes, a lot of my favorite ones in there, favorite artists.
1: Spider-Man on the web. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah, um... He then zombified uh, it. Right, uh, the, the cover for the first issue of Torment. Mm-hmm. It was a, uh, Todd McFarlane cover. But, uh, again, his covers for Spider-Man and Spawn are all great. But, uh, Torment was the storyline where uh, Kurt Connors ate his son. Hmm.
0: Todd McFarlane got his start, I believe, uh, with Infinity Inc. over at DC, mm-hmm. and he did a lot of stuff in the margins of the of the comic while they were doing it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Peter, you can look up the Planet Hulk one that you were <laughs> talking about. I didn't even. Think of that, but... Well,
2: Planet Hulk as the gladiator, and then when they started World War Hulk...
1: It's Hulk over the planet.
2: Yeah, with this.
0: Hmm.
1: But, uh... You know, to go back to the uh, standing on guard oils...
2: Those two. It hmm. was the entire run of Gladiator Hulk. It was inc- Planet and then World War...
1: And you get that with a, a lot of the Batman ones, standing mm-hmm. the Gargoyles, but uh web of Spider-Man number one, Spider-Man in the black suit on the Gargoyles.
2: Like I could just pull
1: out. Yeah, I see, I see they redid the the Civil mm-hmm. War cover with, for Mar- Marvel Zombies. Mm-hmm. They redid, and then Amazing Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, they did Amazing Fantasy
2: fifteen.
0: Well, another one too, if you or wanted s- to go for classic. For his intestines. <laughs> For classic <laughs> covers. Um, the first Secret Invasion. Um, I believe all the covers were basically classic Marvel covers redone with scrolls. Oh. Yeah. Um I'm sure you could probably go through dozens of covers like that. I know all the Avengers ones at the time, because Bendis was writing Avengers, were redone covers, Avengers covers. Beating
2: the hell out of Spider Man on the cover. Mm-hmm. And then they re they zombified that.
1: But there's the first issue of Torment. Yep.
2: And they zombified that. Yep. I used to have that T shirt there. And so there's the zombie. There's a zombified version. one. Because in that issue he eats Mary Jane and Aunt May.
0: Hmm. Delightful. You would not like
1: Marvel's. On well, I mean no. it's so bad. That would be a callback though. I mean that's yeah. why that it's that cover.
0: Yeah, paying tribute to it or using it as the yeah. the basic design. So many covers like that. But <clears throat> but you've got the
2: Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four cover. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty iconic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is one of my favorite. <clears throat> Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man 101. It's just all black and white. That's nice.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know if you want to call it iconic, but the... The black cover Spider-Man after the World Trade Center, yeah, collapse. Um, but there's there like I said, there's so many covers out there, good covers, um, great artists, you know. And I just touched a handful of stuff on the major ones. Mm-hmm. You know, oh,
1: here's a good one: Com- combination of tropes, Peter and Mary Jane getting married, good guys on one side, bad guys on the other. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty common. We redone cover. They zombified that, too.
0: Yep. And by the way, I do owe Mr. Corey an apology from last week. Apparently, old men do need help with the computers nowadays. (laughs) When I was doing these covers, I had the files on my hard drive. Ah. I never put them on the SD card. Uh, That's why you couldn't find them last week, Peter, because they weren't there. (laughs) I took out the card, shut the computer down, and forgot to transfer them over.
1: Oopsie. Oopsie,
0: yes. So, yeah, if I have any instructions, I'll call (laughs) one of you two, because I'm old.
1: It's okay, Frank.
0: Get off my lawn.
1: (laughs) Another good one. We have a Spider-Man. This was after uh, Kraven had buried him, so he's...
0: Pulling himself out
1: of the grave.
2: And insert time warp noise here. We're back. Um,
1: Do you want to do the time warp again? (laughs) It's just to jump to the left.
2: (laughs) There was a, a couple covers that we didn't think to put on that because that was a long recording episode. But, um... The one that came to my mind was the Spider-Man Punisher cover where Punisher kills Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, he's got him in the bullseye. He's wearing his uh, white go-go boots.
0: Now, is that a first appearance Punisher? Yes. Okay, just want
2: to double-check. Because he, he wasn't even slated as a villain in that. He was
1: an anti-hero like, right from the get-go. Yeah. Well, he right. had
2: a reason to be hunting Spider-Man. He thought Spider-Man was bad.
1: Yeah. Spider-Man had been at that point uh, framed for crimes and right hilarity ensued.
2: Hmm. They did a what if cover of that where Punisher did kill Spider-Man. Spider-Man didn't survive. Ma. I think it was what if. Yeah, it was what
0: if. What if
2: Punisher killed Spider-Man?
1: I'm almost positive. That would make sense if he actually killed him. It would doom reality though. You know, I don't matter, many times, Spider-Man has saved reality.
0: Uh huh. I think Marvel two in one annual.
2: Yeah, I, I think believe. Punisher went on to kill all of the Avengers then. Well,
0: wasn't Come there on. a miniseries, Punisher kills the Marvel Universe? Where that was a yeah. that was a Fred Hembeck, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> there was that. Um, so
0: that was more of a comedy. thing. Well,
1: there was also you know Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe. Uh-huh. Here. above
2: my weight limit. Yes, it was a What If... What If Punisher had killed Spider-Man. But I can't find the cover for it. It was What If number 58. Hmm. I believe it's one of the... Yeah, there it is.
1: Hey. Again, white go-go boots.
2: Well, Frank Castle had style.
1: Frank Castle's dead. <laughs>
0: uh, speaking of dead, Doctor Strange is coming back. Surprise, surprise. He's been dead in the Marvel Universe for a little while now. and Yeah. He is
1: coming back. Well, he is the Sorcerer Supreme. Even if he's not the Sorcerer Supreme.
2: That is true. So, there was... A Cosmic Ghost Rider. I think it was this cover here. This cover here. Over here. Mm -hmm. That one just took off. So there's a Cosmic Ghost Rider now, in case you didn't know or you don't listen to us regularly.
1: And it's it's Frank Castle.
2: It is, from Earth666. And he was imbued with the Surfer's
1: powers, I believe. He uh, first got the Spirit of Vengeance because he was the last person alive. Mm -hmm. And he wanted to take vengeance on uh, Galactus. Uh, So he got the Spirit of Vengeance, um, went to fight Galactus, and Galactus saw how powerful he was, so he made him a herald. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But that cover sells for, Buku right now, I believe. Cosmic Ghost Rider killed Thanos in his universe also. Yes. Just straight up curb stomped him, with his cosmic boots of death. Oh, Andy's crazy. Oh, that
0: always helps. Kind of, he's kind of like the specter of the Marvel universe.
1: <clears throat> or the Mark Spectre of the Atlantic Records universe.
0: Hmm. But speaking of Spectre, the original host from the Golden Age is coming back, Jim Corrigan, in DC News. Hmm. Once again, Spirit of Vengeance, the Spectre, being in control. So I wonder. I
2: miss having all the blurbs on the front of comic book covers I'm the only one who misses that like they weren't just like a movie poster like they had like a little teaser blurb mm,
0: some of them I mean sometimes a, a, an image doesn't need it but yeah. you know you get tired of seeing in this issue an X-Man dies <laughs> <laughs> and they don't really die
1: <clears throat> ever No. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be every issue now.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to our incredibly timey-wimey episode, because literally this episode was recorded on two completely different days. Ooh.
0: Two different months. My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot. There you are. There you are. Uh, dead goat.
1: <laughs> oh, I like them better. <laughs> It's like Dead Goat Remix.
2: (laughs) Okay. Don't forget to check out the description below for the link to our Discord and our YouTube and all the other good things that happen.
1: Wait, if this is timey-wimey, did we already say that? No. Have you already checked out Facebook to see that we're under Theseus Media? Have you already clicked our links to all the episodes, our YouTube channel, and our Discord? Potentially. Ooh, that's an actual link to the past. <laughs> there you go. Holy cow!
2: <laughs> Corey's so happy. He got another joke in. <laughs> <kid>. Yay!
0: <laughs> Golf clap. And join us next week for whatever. Because yeah, we have no idea <laughs> when this is dropping. It, it could be a <laughs> gift exchange. It could be our year highlights. Uh, could be a card game. Could be a lot of things. Yeah, We'll, we'll you see. You never know. <clears>
2: they <throat> are flexible that way. For one of us. Yeah. Yeah, I true. Mean, it's timey-wimey. Yeah. Uh, Till that mysterious thing happens, have
1: a great weekend. Bye. And I still, at this point, do not have a sign-off.
0: But you but, might have one before this airs. But I might... yeah It might
1: be oh a Christmas present. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> got me a sign-off for Christmas? <laughs> Megan off. <aw. laughs> <laughs>